If you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 16. Also glad to have Brother Bronson with me. Thank you, Brother Bronson, for driving me over here. And uh, he's taken, he could have been hanging out, chilling, playing basketball or something, but he just chose to come to church and drive me down here. And I would like to say, if you have never repented of your sins, I want you to know, what does that mean? Well, it just simply means to tell the Lord you're sorry, but not only just to say it, but you turn away from those sins and walk away. Listen, if you will repent tonight, I'm telling you, he will absolutely hear you. And the Bible says, if we're if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Wouldn't that be amazing to just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and you're tired of the weight of those sins, of the mistakes that you've made, you can get baptized tonight. Well, I, I, I didn't come ready. I don't have clothes to change into and I didn't bring a towel. And that You're not ready, but we are. We got robes, we got towels, we got, we got, we got man of God ready to baptize y'all in Jesus' name. In fact, as soon as you feel it, you just get up and start walking out. Where's Brother Tyler at? Brother Tyler, right? You see that? Just start walking that way. He'll take you back, get you changed up. We'll, we'll, ba- we'll stop pre- I'll stop preaching to get you baptized in Jesus' name. Well, how, how do I know it's time? Well, you're going to feel that nudge. Oh, nobody, it's not going to be a, a plane fly through the sky with a banner saying, go get baptized in Jesus' name. You're just going to feel the slightest little nudge. Well, how do I know it's, it's not the devil? Well, let me tell you, if you're feeling any kind of nudge to get baptized, I promise you it ain't the devil. Because the last thing he wants is you to get baptized in Jesus' name. I, you're feeling it right now. You can go ahead and get up and walk out. I'm telling you, you, I've never baptized somebody that came back to me and said, man, I wish I hadn't got baptized in Jesus' name. It's going to rock your world when you get baptized in Jesus' name. And if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to know, hear me, it is the will of God for you to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. Tonight. Tonight, it's the will of God for you to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 16. When you have it, say God's good. It says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened. Mm. Can anybody handle some strength tonight? How are we going to be strengthened? With might, okay. How? By his spirit. So he says you're going to get strength through the power of God, by his spirit. Where? In the inner man. What a powerful verse. One translation said that the... According to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit on the inside. I'm just, I'm not going to preach anything that you haven't heard before. I'm not bringing you anything new. But I'm asking you to respond. How many of you can get excited about something you've already heard? Can can y'all still get excited about the Holy Ghost and baptism in Jesus' name and loving God? 
Well, I'm going to talk to you tonight. I just, my title is simply Step into the Spirit. Tell your neighbor, it's time to step into the Spirit. Come on, if there's somebody behind you, turn around, just look them right in the running lights. Tell them, it's time for you to step into the Spirit. Now, let's clap our hands, lift our voices, and magnify Jesus before we sit down. Oh, come on. Let's go. Somebody crank it up. Come on, it's Sunday night. He taught us. Amen, amen, amen. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. You can sit down, but don't shut down. I, I want to tell you I, my goal. I know a lot of times preachers kind of hold off their, what they're really saying until the end, kind of surprise you. I'm coming right out the gate tell you what I'm after tonight. Um, my, I, the goal of the Holy Ghost is for us to recreate the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says they were all in one place and they were in one accord. And the Holy Ghost began to fall on them. And everybody, the Bible says, in that room began to speak in tongues. Listen, when it comes to walking in the Spirit, the Bible issues a command, a command handed down by Jesus himself. John 4, Jesus said, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such. The Father seeketh. God is looking for somebody to worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You must worship him the way he wants to be worshiped. Amen. God is a spirit. He is essence is spirit. And I can neither commune nor fellowship with him without stepping into the supernatural. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times, which means he is nowhere absent. Now, he does not manifest himself everywhere at all times, but he is everywhere at all times. Now, the chances of you walking down the aisle at Walmart trying to find peanut butter and having a, a Holy Ghost hold down is probably not quite as probable for him to manifest himself there as it is on a Sunday night at FPC. Amen. But he is still wherever you are. I grew up in Pentecost. So I love some of the things we say. They're kind of silly when you think about it. Let's invite the presence of the Lord into this place. Well, he's not what you think. He's at the bus stop waiting on somebody to give him a ride over here. Come on, he's here. He's at your house right now. He's waiting on you to get in the car. Wherever you are, he is. Amen. But if you're going to have a manifestation of God, you're going to have to step into the Spirit. I don't know about you. I'm not interested in just knowing that He's everywhere at all times. I don't want to just experience Him being omnipresent. I want to experience a manifestation of the Holy Ghost that will change my life. Amen. Jude said it like this in Jude 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying 
in the Holy Ghost. One translation said, we make progress and rise like an edifice higher and higher when we pray in the Spirit. Now, when we talk about praying in the Holy Ghost, it's referring to praying in or speaking in tongues. And again, the goal today is to replicate the experience of the day of Pentecost where everybody in the house gets in the same frame of mind and we're seeking for a manifestation of God and there is an overwhelming explosion of the Holy Ghost no matter how young you are or how old you are or how long it's been don't matter how long it's been since you spoke in tongues or maybe you've never spoken in tongues I'm telling you it's the will of God for you to talk in tongues before you walk out of this house today but what what if I've never spoken tongues before well I've got good news for you speaking in tongues is a sign of the New Testament believer The Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe. They will speak with new, unheard of, unusual tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is, of course, the initial proof that you have received the Holy Ghost. And let me just pause here and give you a little commercial on the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gift. You cannot earn it. Well, I got to get good. I, I, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to be kneeling, facing Jerusalem at six o'clock and I got, I got to come on. The devil put all kind of crazy junk. Well, you better get this right. You got to go straighten that up. No, no, no. God, it's a free gift that he's given to everybody. The Bible said it's already been given. All you've got to do is receive it. What I'm telling you, it's like going to a birthday party and you know, you walk in, everybody stacks up the gifts on the side. It's yours. We're just waiting on you to open it. It's the same with the Holy Ghost. It's already been given. It's yours. All you've got to do is receive it. You don't have to beg for it. Come on, you don't make anybody beg for a gift. Neither does God. All you've got to do is ask Him and start thanking Him for it. Listen, it is not mystical to receive the Holy Ghost. It's not. All you got to do is say, I want to get what has already been given and realize it comes by speaking in tongues and you, God needs your vocal cords. All you got to do is open your mouth and begin to speak out. And the spirit, the Bible tells us in Acts 2, it said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit told them what to say. So as you lift your hands and say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. You lift your hands, tell the Lord you want it, start thanking him for it. We don't beg for gifts. And then as he puts words in your mind that you've never heard, that you that you nobody's taught you, and you're bold enough to speak them out, that's the Holy Ghost. You're giving God control of your life. Amen. You speak what the Spirit tells you to say. Listen, the receiving the Holy Ghost is not about emotion. It gets emotional, no doubt. But it's about submission. It's simply about saying, Lord, I know these crazy words are going around in my head. And the devil's going to say, no, that's too easy. No, that's not right. No, you're just mocking the person next to you. No, that, you're not doing it right. Yeah, you got you to wait a little while. No, no, no. All you've got to do is say, Lord, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Boom. And that whatever comes to your mind, begin to speak it. Amen. It's simple, isn't it? It's not something we have. It's not guesswork. But here's what happens. When you receive the Holy Ghost and you step into the Spirit and you begin to speak in tongues as the Spirit tells you what to say, you're bringing yourself in alignment with God. You're coming into unity with God. Listen, the earth continues in perfect rotation around the sun along with the other planets because they're in perfect alignment with God. It's a powerful thing when you get unified with the Creator. 
Listen, this other language business is a powerful thing. I recently came across an article, and it wasn't a, a, a spiritual article at all. It was by NewScientist.com. The title is what caught my attention. It said, Bilingual Brain Boost. Two tongues, two minds. And here was the, the little deal underneath. It said, Speaking a second language can change everything. From problem-solving skills to personality. Almost as if you were two different people. <laughs> I speak German and I've got friends of mine that if I call them and I begin to speak German, they will not recognize me. They think I am a different person. I want to tell you something. When you begin to speak in tongues, there is a change that comes over you. Come on. If it will change you and give you better problem solving skills in the physical, what would happen at FPC if everybody got to talking in tongues and we began to speak a language that the Holy Ghost was telling us about? Come on, we got to step into the supernatural by speaking in tongues. Now, the book of Romans reveals to us the damages or the dangers rather of not being spiritual. Now, you understand Romans is not a letter written to the world. It's a letter written to the church that was in Rome. But it says this, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Uh, But they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When he speaks of carnality, he's not speaking to sinners. He's talking to the church. He's talking to Christians. I know it's hard to imagine Christians not being spiritual. Hard to imagine Christians being carnal. Probably doesn't happen in Indiana. But I'm telling you, there are times when we as people of the spirit are carnal. You might as well say amen because I'm talking to all of us. He's speaking of Christians trying to live for God through human strength and ability. They were trying to do right through their own efforts. Listen, it is carnal. Hear me. It is carnal to try to do the things of God through the power of the flesh. The Bible tells us the carnal mind is the enemy of God. And if you're operating in carnality, if you're operating in the flesh, according to the verse we just read, you're operating in death. But oh, if you can get in the spirit, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It goes on to say, we walk not after the flesh. That word after there means down into. We walk not down into the flesh, but after the spirit. The only thing that overcomes the flesh is walking in the spirit. Listen, if you're ready to defeat the flesh and walk in righteousness, Paul said this, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Have you lost your righteousness? Then step into the spirit. Have you lost your peace? You need to step into the Spirit. Have you lost your joy? Then step into the Spirit. There's only one way to get all of that back. And it's to step into the Spirit. To walk means to frequent a locality. We frequent the places we love, don't we? Maybe you've got a coffee shop you love. You frequent that place. Maybe there's a web page, a Facebook page, whatever. The places you like, you will frequent them. Frequenting a place is your choice. And God is calling this church to start frequenting the Spirit. 
Amen. Listen, hear me. What Anderson needs is not just another church that can have good music and good preaching, but what they need is a church full of people that know that when it's time, I'm going to step off into the spirit. We're going to get in a place and begin to say what the spirit says. We're going to begin to walk in righteousness and peace and power of the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I, I want to deal with a couple of concerns. Well, I, I feel like when I'm talking in tongues that, that I, I feel like I'm just making it up. I feel like it's forced. I hear that all the time. Well, we're filled with His Spirit, right? How about this? Romans 8 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. If you got the Holy Ghost... You're not forcing it. You're in the you're in the Holy Ghost when you have the Holy Ghost. What well, what are you saying? I'm saying you can talk in tongues whenever you're ready. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I got I got the music's got to be pumping just right. Man, I got I got to have the heebie-jeebies before I start talking. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to stay away from talking in tongues because he knows the joy you're going to get there. He knows the direction you're going to get there. He knows the power you're going to get there. He wants you to sit back and say, "No, I can't do that right now, honey. I can talk in tongues driving down the road. I can talk in tongues having my morning coffee because I've got the Holy Ghost." Well, I don't understand what people are saying. That bothers me. Well, the Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. It's none of your business. You don't have to understand. We're not talking to men anyway. We're talking to God. Well, what exactly are they saying? Well, we, that we do know. The Bible says in Acts 2, we hear them speak in tongues the wonderful works of God. Acts 10, we hear them speak in tongues and magnify God. In 1 Corinthians 14, we speak mysteries in the Spirit. Well, what language is it? Well, the Bible says it's the tongues of men and of angels. So we know what language it is. We don't know exactly. We just know it's the tongues of men or angels. You know, Paul went to some crazy places in the Holy Ghost. But you know how he got there? The Bible says, he said, Paul said, I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than everybody else. Now, he went to some crazy places in the Holy Ghost. He said this in 2 Corinthians. He, he was telling a story. He was trying to relay a story. He said, you know, I met a man 14 years ago. And he, he said, I, I, you know, I can't remember if I was in the spirit or if I was in my body. I can't, I can't remember. But I met this guy 14 years ago. He's a good guy. Now, if you think about it, how crazy does that sound? But that's the man that wrote the bulk of the New Testament. He was so often in the spirit that he was having experiences that the people around him were going. Now, come on. What would it be like if right here in Anderson, Indiana, all of a sudden there was a group of people that said, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to step off in the spirit and I want to start having experiences that maybe you won't believe it. But, honey, I know I'm going somewhere in the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is the initial proof of receiving the Holy Ghost. But we also need to speak in tongues because human vernacular cannot adequately express what the Spirit wants to say. Paul said, I have infirmity. I just don't know how to pray. 
He said, likewise, also the Spirit helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That phrase there, maketh intercession for, it's the word hyper, which means in a higher degree and a fuller measure. When you begin to pray in the Spirit, you're praying with a higher degree and a fuller measure than you could ever pray when you use your natural tongue. But it goes on to say in the same passage, and he searcheth the hearts. He that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Listen, you will never pray more purely in the will of God than when you're praying in tongues. When I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm not praying with my faith. There's only one person's faith I could be praying with. And that's the faith of my Savior. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, I step out of my own faith and I begin to pray. Well, what's better? You answer the question. What's better, praying with my faith or praying with his faith? Well, I don't know what I'm praying. Well, that's probably good. Because if you knew what you were praying, you may not be bold enough to pray it. But when you step off in the Spirit and you connect with the faith of Jesus, you begin to pray things that will blow your mind. You want revival in Anderson? Give me some people that will step off into the Spirit and begin to pray with the faith of Jesus. You don't know what you're getting into when you start praying in the Holy Ghost. Hey man, I was preaching this at our church right before we left. I talked on it for weeks and I was preaching one night and at the end we all began to pray and everybody was praying in tongues and I had one of our sweet elders that she's probably in her mid-70s, sweet as she can be, always smiling, just jovial, sweetheart, love God, praying woman. And I watched, and as she began to pray, she's speaking in tongues, got her hands up, and her head was just rocking, and she's smiling, speaking in tongues. I walked across the platform, prayed with somebody. When I turned around and looked, I could see her over there. Her fists are balled up. And she's got a mean look on her face. Her eyes are closed. And she's praying and swinging her fists. I thought, my goodness, that's, that's quite a change. When the service was over, one of my new converts could speak the language that she was speaking in. She comes up and she said, Pastor, I got to tell you what just happened. I said, what do you mean? She said, I was standing next to Sister Gillenwater. And as she was praying, she started off just in the, in the language I understood, praying how good God was and how mighty he was and how glorious he was. And she said, all of a sudden, there was a change. And she began to rebuke the death that was trying to come through the door and take one of our saints away. Listen, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what devil's waiting outside. But thank God for a saint of God that said, I'm going to step into the spirit. We're not wasting time. When you talk in tongues, you're praying in a higher degree and a fuller measure. When you pray in tongues, you're praying the mind of God and the will of the Spirit. When you pray in the Spirit, you pray without respect to persons. You pray without malice. You pray without jealousy. You pray without personal agenda. You pray without bias. You pray without partiality. You pray without discrimination. How about this? And praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues connects you with the gifts of the Spirit. When you step into the realm of the Spirit, you're there where the gifts are working. Tongues interpretation. Healings, knowledge, miracles, wisdom, faith, discernment, prophecy. 
Come on. Are you ready to step into the spirit? I want to walk in the Holy Ghost, but every time I do, every time I do, I just start feeling condemnation. There are people in this house that God wants to do unbelievable things through you. But whenever you start putting a foot forward, the devil jumps on you and beats you down. It's because he's scared of you. By the way, listen, the devil don't waste his time on losers. If you're fighting a battle, it's because he sees the devil sees where God's trying to take you. Amen. But watch this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know what? Most of us know that part of it. But do you know the second part? Most of us don't. I would, I would wager. It says, There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. If you can't get past your condemnation, it's a sign you had not been walking into the Spirit enough. It's proof positive you've not stepped into the Spirit. Amen. We have become copers instead of overcomers. Listen, if you need strength, if you're feeling weak, what you need to do according to the Word of God, you'll be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man when you step into the Spirit. I heard the story, so I called about how they went into a church that believed speaking in tongues, and they began to hook people up to machines, and I heard about it, so I, I figured out what church it was and called and talked to them. I said, I want to hear this firsthand, and they said, man, it was, it was unbelievable. I got the youth pastor. He said, man, I, I was there. He said, I saw all of it. He said, they came in from, from the university, and they, they, we had some people that volunteered, and they got on the back row there, and they hooked them up with diodes all over their head and had long little cables going back to their machines. And they said, just do what you normally do. We're just going to sit here and, and check it out. And so they, that's what they did, and they're back there. He said, as the service was going on, he said, they're running back and forth to their machines. You know, and it kind of starts out, they, they were just clapping and worshiping. Then, man, they got to dance, and then they got to speaking in tongues. He said, when I look back and, and realize that all those folks were speaking in tongues, he said, man, those guys are running back and forth and they're conferring with one another. And he said, then I saw one of them start wiping his eyes. And he said, I got to go find out what's going on. He said, I walked back there and said, hey, what's happening? He said, well, you know what? He said, we really thought this was going to be a lot different. We weren't expecting to see what we're seeing. But he said, I, right here, and he showed him, he said, right here, there's a part of the brain that controls willful behavior. That when they began to speak in tongues, that part of their brain that should be controlling their speech shut off. And he said, so what we're seeing happen is not only did that part shut off, but there's a part of the brain that was accessed that we didn't even realize was ever accessed. We thought it was dormant. Oh, you know what that means? There's a part of your brain that does nothing all of your life until you step into the spirit. And there's a... Come on, somebody. My God, we ought to step into the Spirit. We're praying in a higher degree and a fuller measure. I'm coming to a close. I had an elder show up at my church there in East Tennessee right before we left. He had called me. He said, Bobby, I feel like I need to come. I said, come on. 
Unfortunately, he's, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he showed up. And he said, I want to teach your church how to intercede. I said, man, I love it. He got up and he began to tell us. He said, first and foremost, you got to clean your heart out. you got to repent. Get your spirit right. Okay. He said, then you need to speak what you want God to do in your own language. Speak it very clearly. The Bible says, let your requests be made known unto God. Open your mouth. Tell him very specifically. Specific prayers get specific answers. He said, then I want you to think about that need and begin to speak in tongues. Step into the spirit over that need. And then pray in tongues over that need. While you're thinking about it, pray in the spirit. And then he said, then we're going to worship and thank God for what he has done. We're going to do this here in just a minute. Together. But our church did it. I'm telling you what, it went crazy. God began to move. And I saw my little wife on the platform weeping, speaking in tongues. And there was authority in it. I was like, my God, i got to find out what's going on. We get in the car on the way home. I said, babe, I I saw you really dug in tonight. I said, I want to know what happened. She said, I was praying for my brother. Her brother is almost 20 years older than her. She had never known him to be in church. But she said, I want my brother saved. She said, so I started interceding for my brother to be saved. That was Sunday, Monday, we got a call from his wife. Now, my brother-in-law was the one that you didn't talk about God about. He did not want to be a part of any spiritual conversation. He, he would say something profane if he tried. He was one of those kind of people. Walk out of the room, you know what I mean? Didn't want anything to do with it. But Monday, we get a phone call from his wife saying, pray for him. He's on his way to the hospital. Something's wrong with his throat. Tuesday, they called back and said, man, they found out he has a mass in his esophagus. By Wednesday, we found out he had stage four esophageal cancer. I said, Daniel, we got to go pray for him. She said, babe, he don't want nothing to do with God. I said, well, we got to call him. I, I just feel like we need to go. Let me tell you something. You got stage four cancer, you go let somebody pray for you. I called him. I said, hey, man, we heard what's going on. I said, I just feel if it's okay, we'll drive down 14 hours. We'll drive down. I just feel like Tanya and I need to pray for you. I could hear his voice crack on the phone. That's okay. Please, please, please come. We get in the car on our way home, on our way down. We're driving. She starts calling her, her sisters. Found out he was a backslider, had, had had the Holy Ghost, had lived for God, was the youth leader. We found out that there were days that he would roll on the floor and talk in tongues. Got hurt, got bitter, and came against the church and wanted nothing to do with it. We drove 14 hours, walked in his house. His wife, we found out, was also a backslider. We walked into his house. This man who used to be 260, 270 pounds, just broad man, had already started shrinking down. He was thin. He was standing there. I walked up to him. 
I, I called his name. His name is Steve. I said, Steve, I said, I'm going to lay hands on you and God's going to heal you. And I wouldn't even done saying it. And he starts wilting. And I laid my hands on him. He began to talk in tongues as he hit the floor. His wife started dancing, talking in tongues. They both prayed through right there in their living room. What are you saying? There's something powerful that happens when the people of God step into the spirit. Everybody stand with me right now. When you pray in the Spirit, it's a higher degree and a fuller measure. You're praying the mind of the Spirit and the will of God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through this. Step one, we're going to repent. Are you ready? Come on, let's be honest. Let's begin to repent together all over the house. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would forgive us. God, you know, Lord, the wickedness that's trying to eat its way into our hearts and spirits. You know the bitterness, Lord. You know the fear. You know the secret sin. But God, we ask your forgiveness. God, create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew in me a right spirit. God, I gotta get right with you. 